A very warm welcome to each and everyone present today. My name is Vineet and I'm going to take a session on Hadoop architecture. We have Ryan in the session, Ashish, Saurav, Shubham, Reshma, Akash, Adam. Thank you all for joining in. There are many more who are joining in. So we'll not be waiting for any more people. We'll just move on to the very first slide that is the agenda for today's session. In today's session, we'll be discussing on the components of Hadoop. We'll understand what is a distributed file system and why do we need it? Why is it so important and why Hadoop has implemented a distributed file system? We'll understand the various services that are present in Hadoop. We'll understand what is blocks in Hadoop and what is a replication factor in Hadoop. We'll understand the concept of rack awareness and we'll understand what is the architecture behind HDFS that is Hadoop distributed file system. At the end of the session we'll understand what is the read and write mechanism in HDFS. Guys are you clear with the agenda of today's session? I'll move on. Now let's start the session with the very big problem or the very first thing that is the problems that are there with big data. Every one of you would have heard about big data and you would also have heard about the problems with big data. I'm going to just reiterate the same thing that is the very first problem is storing big data into any existing system. It became a problem. Any other system was not able to suffice that kind of a space for storing big data. Similarly, even though if we are able to store a part of the big data, processing that big data took years. This result that you wanted in minutes was received in weeks or months, right? So the value of that result was lost. So starting with this problem, we'll just move on and see how did we cope up with this problem. As you all know, Hadoop solved this big data problem. That is using Hadoop HDFS, the storing problem of big data was resolved and it was no more a problem. Similarly, Hadoop MapReduce resolved the processing part of big data. That is, you got the capability of processing big data using Hadoop MapReduce, right? Now, Hadoop essentially is a distributed file system. But why? Why is Hadoop a distributed file system? That is the most important question that you should be wondering about. Let's try and understand what is a distributed file system. At the same time, understand the advantages of distributed file system, right? Guys, if you have any question, you can ask your question in between the session. I'll take logical breaks and try and answer your questions in between. We'll try and keep this session very interactive so that we do not get bored out of it, right? Now, let's take an example of reading 1 TB of data. And we have a server, which is a good high-end server, which has got four IO channels and each channel has got a bandwidth of 100 Mbps. Now using this machine, I was able to read 1 TB of data in 43 minutes, okay? Now what I'll do, I'll bring in 10 machines exactly like this. Now I have 10 machines and every machine has 4 IO channels and every machine has got 100 Mbps of bandwidth, right? Can you guys guess what is the time it is going to take to read the same 1 TB of data using all these 10 machines? You have a minute to answer this question. Kindly write down on the chat window. Okay. Quick. Looks like we have a good audience today. A very intelligent one. 
Shubham says 4.3 minutes exactly. Ashish says 4.3 minutes. Ryan says 4.3 minutes. I guess everyone has already done their homework and you are absolutely right. It is exactly 4.3 minutes. It's because the entire effort got divided in 10 machines and that is why the time that was taken to process 1 TB of data reduced to 1 tenth that is 4.3 minutes. Very simple. Similarly, when we consider big data, that data gets divided into multiple chunks of data and we actually process that data separately and that is why Hadoop has chosen a distributed file system over a centralized file system. Did you get this point guys? This is very important to understand. Can you please write down on the chat window? And if you have any questions you can ask right now. Okay, Ryan says is this costly? No. That's a very good question Ryan by the way. It is not costly. It is because these 10 machines are not high-end servers. These are commodity hardwares that we have. What do you mean by commodity hardwares? Commodity hardwares are day-to-day -day machines that we use like you and me. Okay, I'm using a 8 GB kind of a RAM and 1 TB kind of a hard disk, right? So that kind of a machine can be used as the slave machines or in a distributed file system. Are you clear? Does this answer your question, Ryan? Great, thank you. Now it's time we move on to the next slide that is Hadoop components. As we already saw Hadoop HDFS solved the problem of storing big data. Okay, so the very first component of Hadoop is Hadoop HDFS and the second part was processing big data which was solved by Hadoop MapReduce. So the two main components of Hadoop are Hadoop HDFS and Hadoop MapReduce. In today's session, we are going to focus on Hadoop HDFS, that is Hadoop Distributed File System. Hadoop MapReduce is something we are going to cover in our coming sessions. Okay? So let's move on. Now, overall, when I see the architecture of Hadoop, it has got two wings. The left wing says the storage and the right wing is the processing. That means the left wing is the HDFS, that is Hadoop Distributed File System, and the right wing is YARN and MapReduce, that is the processing part. Okay? Using HDFS, Hadoop enables us to store big data, and using YARN and MapReduce, Hadoop enables us to process the same big data that we are storing in HDFS. Right? Now, HDFS as a whole has got two major demons or you can call them as processes or threads, right, which are uh, nothing but a Java process that is running within a JVM, okay. So HDFS has got two main components or two main demons that is name node and data node. Name node is a master demon that runs on the master machine that is a high-end machine essentially and data node is a slave machine which runs on a commodity hardware. There can be more than one data node as slave machines are more than a master machine. Okay? So we always have one name node and multiple data nodes in running in slave machines. At the same time, we have YARN on the other hand which has again two main demons. One is the resource manager which runs on the master machine and we have node manager which runs on the slave machine just like the data nodes. Okay? So every slave machine has got two demons, one is the data node and the other is the node manager. As well as at the same time, the master node has got a name node running and a resource manager running. Name node is responsible for managing the data on the Hadoop distributed file system and the resource manager is responsible for executing processing tasks over this stored data. 
Guys, are you clear with this? Looks like we have some questions. What is the difference between DFS and HDFS? Okay. Uh, previously as well there were more distributed file systems like Oracle had uh, distributed clusters okay however there was one basic difference that is essentially a part of the MapReduce framework itself wherein the data was going to the processing that is there was a centralized processing machine and all the distributed data that was stored was pulled back to the processing machine and there it was processed okay so the entire load was there on the main machine on the centralized machine however Hadoop doesn't follow this kind of ideology what Hadoop says is instead of bringing the data to a centralized machine or the master machine we can send the code or the processing to the data where it is stored this way the network bandwidth is saved okay you do not have to bring in the huge big data through the network channels into a centralized machine that data can stay where it is however we can send a small logic a small code to the data and process it where it is and only the result is sent back to the centralized machine does this answer your query Shubham? Kindly write down on the chat window. Great, thank you. I have another question uh, which is asked by Ryan. Are these the processes which run in Hadoop cluster? Absolutely right, Ryan. These are the processes that actually creates the cluster itself. Okay, these are the processes that runs in slaves and the master machine. Great. Saurav has a question that is, any large data set can be considered as big data? No, the answer is no. For this, I will request you to please refer to a previous video on Hadoop tutorial. That is going to help you. Okay. I hope you guys are clear with the demons that are running on the Hadoop cluster. Are you guys clear with this? Can you write on the chat window? Okay. Great. Thanks for the confirmation, guys. We'll move on. As I said, we are going to go deep into the HDFS architecture. Hence, it is important that we understand what is a name node and a data node because these are the two main demons that actually runs your HDFS entirely. Just focus on the diagram on the right. Okay, as you can see, there is a centralized machine name node which is controlling various data nodes that are there, which is nothing but commodity hardware. I have already explained that in the earlier slides so name node is nothing but the master daemon which maintains all these data nodes okay these name nodes has all the information of the data that are stored in these data nodes okay data nodes as the name suggests stores the data that is there in the Hadoop cluster name node only has the information of what data is stored on which data node okay so what you can say is name node stores the metadata of the data that is stored on the data nodes Guys, are you clear with this point? That is, name node stores the metadata of the data that is stored in the data nodes. Great. Thanks for the confirmation. At the same time, data nodes also does another task that is, it regularly sends a heartbeat back to the name node. Okay. What is this heartbeat? Heartbeats actually, actually tells the name node that this data node is still alive. For example, the data nodes on the left sends a heartbeat back to the name node. This way, name node has the picture that yes, these data nodes are alive. So, name node can use these data nodes to store more data or read the data from these data nodes. Are you guys clear with the heartbeat concept? 
Ryan says meta metadata is data nodes information. Okay, so these metadata is storing multiple things. Okay, so actually you're right. However, I'll try to clarify this a little more. That is, name node has the information of all the data nodes. Very first thing. Along with that, date name node also has the information of the blocks that are stored in each of these data nodes. Okay, so the entire thing together is called a metadata that is stored in name node. Are you clear, Ryan? Can you give me a confirmation in the chat window? Great. Now we come on to the data node. Data node are nothing but the slave demons which are actually storing the data that is sent to the Hadoop cluster. Okay. These data nodes are the ones which actually serves the read and write requests which are made by clients. Okay, if somebody wants to read a data from the Hadoop cluster, these requests are actually processed by the data nodes where the data is residing. Okay, so this is pretty much clear. I hope you guys are clear with this. Ashish says, what are block reports? Ashish, we are going to discuss HDFS blocks in the coming slides. There, I'll take up this question. I hope that is fine with you. Moving on. Now let's take a quick sneak peek of a Hadoop cluster architecture. Okay. Now this is how a overview of a Hadoop cluster will look like. Okay. So Hadoop cluster is nothing but a master-slave topology in which there is a master machine as you can see on the top that is Hadoop cluster where Hadoop cluster is written. In this master machine you'll have your name node and the resource manager running that is the master daemons. Now this master machine is connected to all the slave machines using the core switches. It is because these data nodes are actually stored in various racks. Okay, so as you can see computer 1, 2, 3 and till n. These are nothing but the slave machines or the data nodes. Okay, and they are all present in one rack. What is a rack? A rack is nothing but a group of machines that are present physically at one particular location and are connected to each other. Okay. So the network bandwidth between these machines is as minimum as possible. Okay. Similarly, there are more racks. However, these racks are not stored at the same location. So we can have n number of racks and we can have n number of data nodes or computers or slave machines within these racks. Okay. So these are nothing but the slave machines. All these slave machines are connected to the master machine using the core switch. Okay, so this way the slave machines are actually distributed over the cluster. However, at the same time they are connected to each other. Are we clear on this? Guys, please write down on the chat window. Shubham says, do name node and resource manager reside on the same machine? Practically, in a production cluster you will not find the same thing. The name node will be there on a different machine and will have a different server on which the resource manager is running. However, for practical purposes on your end or if you want to do a POC on your end, uh, that is nothing but proof of concept, you can always install it in a single machine itself. Does that answer your question, Shubham? Good. Guys, if you have any other query, please let me know. I'll try and answer them. In the meanwhile, I'll move on to the next slide. That is, let us talk about how data is stored in HDFS. Okay, now we are slowly moving into the details of how HDFS works all together. Okay, we'll be exploring the architecture of HDFS. So guys, 
don't lose me okay be connected with me now when I say storing a file in HDFS the data gets stored as blocks in HDFS okay so the entire file is not stored in HDFS it is because as you know Hadoop is a distributed file system so if I have a file size of maybe one petabyte okay so one petabyte kind of a storage is not present in one single machine okay since the Hadoop cluster is made using the commodity hardware the hardware in one single machine would be somewhere around 1 TB or 2 TB to the max right so the entire file needs to be broken down into chunks of data which are called nothing but HDFS blocks okay are you clear with this logic if not I'll try and explain once again okay great so the data that gets stored into the Hadoop cluster is broken down into blocks okay now these blocks are 128 MB in Apache 2 cluster okay however in Apache 1 it used to be 64 MB later on they upgraded the size you also have the facility to increase or decrease the file size of the blocks using the configuration file that is stfs site.xml that is that comes with the Hadoop package now let's try and take an example to understand this mechanism altogether how does blocks get created okay let's consider a file size of 248 MB right here now if I break this file or if I move this file into Hadoop cluster that is 2.x this file will get broken down into one block that is block A of 128 MB and another block that is of 120 MB okay as you can see the first block was 128 MB pretty straightforward that is the very first slab cuts down there and that is why the other block was of 120 MB and not 128 MB that means it is not going to waste any space if the file size remaining file size is smaller than the default block size are you guys clear okay Ryan asked a question that is is this 128 MB fixed I already I already answered that question Ryan no it is not fixed you all always have a option of configuring the block size in HDFS site.xml file Ashish has asked a very good question that is why this huge block size okay Ashish the answer to the question is it's not actually huge okay it can be bigger than this or it can be smaller than this okay it always needs to be optimal size okay if you make the block size very small in that case you will have to copy many files into the Hadoop cluster and there is a concept of replication as well okay so every file gets replicated as well that means the smaller the block size the number of blocks will increase and then you will have to make copy those files separately as well as create the replicas of those files so it will be an overhead to the cluster okay at the same time if you increase the file size of the block again the block size will be too huge and there is a possibility that your commodity hardware is not able to store the entire block right so the block size has to be a, an optimal file size like 128 MB right however in your particular use case if you have such a scenario wherein you are clear that okay this file size will do good for you you can also increase it to 256 MB or if you want to reduce it you can always come back to 64 MB as well right does that answer your query Ashish 
Great. I hope everyone else is also clear with the question and the answer to it. Thank you. Now, before we go ahead, I would like to test whether you actually understood this concept or not. It is because it is very essential to understand what is a block and how does it work, right? So answer my question that is, how many blocks will be created if a file size of 514 MB is copied to HDFS? Guys, you have one minute and I would like to see how many people are answering this question. Ashish was quick and he has given me the right answer. Guys, come on. Ashish says 128 MB default, okay. Ryan has also given me an answer. Ryan says 514 divided by 128 in case of Apache Hadoop 2. Ryan says 5 blocks and Ashish has given me the same answer that is 5 blocks. And that is absolutely right. Yes, it is going to divide the blocks into 5 and Ryan has also answered how 514 MB will be divided into 5 blocks. It's because each block will be of 128 MB, right? So the entire file size can be divided into 4 blocks of 128 MB and the last 2 MB remaining will be the last block that is E. Great. So I hope you guys are very clear with what is blocks in HDFS. Let's move on. Try and find an answer to another question that is, is it safe to have just one copy of each block? What do you think guys? What do you think? Is it fine? Ashish says no. Shubham says no. Ryan also says no, I don't think so. Can you tell me a reason why? Why is it not safe? I have a copy saved in a system, I can use it right away. Shubham says because it is commodity hardware. Any other try? Anyone else? Ryan says if it gets deleted, I'll be in trouble. Absolutely. Shubham says it can fail anytime. Absolutely right answer. So if you have a file stored in one particular machine or one single copy, there's a chance that that system gets failed. It is nothing but a commodity hardware as Shubham said, right? So if it fails, how am I going to get that file again? It was very important to me, right? How does Hadoop takes care of it? Now in the earlier slides, I told you that Hadoop creates the replicas of every block that gets stored into the Hadoop distributed file system. And this is how Hadoop is a fault tolerant system. That means even though your system fails, your node fails or a copy is lost, you will have multiple other copies present in other data nodes, okay, or in, in another servers so that you can always pick those copies from there, okay. Let's try and understand this diagram, a beautiful one, that is, as you can see on the left, there are five different blocks of a file. Okay, that is block one, two, three, four, and five. Let's talk about block one first. You will find the copies of block one in node one, node two, and node four. Guys, can, can you see that? Good. Similarly, block two has also got three copies. One in node three, one in node four, and one in node two. Similarly, block three is present in node one, node 3 and node 4. Block 4 is present in node 1, node 2 and node 3. And the last block that is block 5, again it has got three copies that is present in node 1, node 2 and node 4. So apart from the replicas getting created, what is the common thing that you see in this particular diagram? Any one of you? Ryan has already asked me this question that is, so they are creating replication of three. Absolutely right. 
every block as you can see has been replicated thrice that means Hadoop follows a default replication factor of 3 that means any file that you copy into Hadoop distributed file system gets replicated thrice okay there will be three copies of every file in other words if I say if you copy 1 GB of a file into Hadoop distributed file system you're actually storing 3 GB of a file in HDFS are you guys clear with this can this default replication factor be changed very good question Shubham yes the report the default replication factor can also be changed using the configuration files of Hadoop you can always configure that you can make it 5 you can reduce it down to 1 if you don't need a copy I'm sure you don't want to do that <laughs> okay great now doesn't this explanation make you makes you inquisitive to ask another question that is we are actually storing 1 GB of data however since the replicas are being created we are almost wasting 2 GB space so doesn't that give you an alarming bell in your mind that is why are we doing that Ryan says because of fault tolerance yes absolutely I already explained you that but again 2 GB is like almost double of what we actually required is it cost effective has anybody thought of that Shubham says faster okay okay the main reason is cost is not a factor okay I was coming from the perspective of cost that is the storage is very cheap okay we are using commodity hardware here today we can add as many hard disk to our data nodes as well as we can add as many data nodes as we want and hence storing the data is not a problem okay we can store as much data as we want and hence replicating is not a problem for us it is just that we should not over replicate our data okay it's like there's no need of creating five replicas of the same data three would do enough okay are you clear guys great now it's time we move on to the next slide and the next question is how does Hadoop decide where to store the replicas of the blocks created another good question okay let's try and find out now Hadoop actually follows a concept called rack awareness to decide where to store which replica of a block okay so as you can see there are three different racks rack 1 rack 2 and rack 3 Rack 1 has got 4 data nodes 1 to 4, Rack 2 again has got 4 data nodes 5, 6, 7, 8 and Rack 3 has got 4 data nodes 9, 10, 11 and 12. In total the entire Hadoop cluster will consist of all the 3 racks and there will be 12 data nodes right. Now let's say block A is copied on data node 1 in Rack 1. Now as per the concept of Rack awareness the replica of block A cannot be created in the same rack okay it needs to be created in any other rack apart from rack 1 it is because I have the main file in rack 1 okay if I create the replicas of the, uh, block A in rack 1 itself and rack 1 fails I'm going to anyway lose the entire data right so that is why the replica has to be stored in any other rack apart from rack 1 so the re replica 
is created in data node 6 and data node 8 of rack 2. Okay. Similarly, let's say block B gets created in data node 7 of rack 2. Right. Now, can anyone tell me where can the replica of block B be created? Can you please write down on the chat window? Ashish says 1 and 3. 1 or 3. Absolutely right. So, it could be either rack 1 or it could be rack 3. Whichever is selected as per the rack awareness algorithm, right? So, the replicas of block B has been created in data node 9 and data node 12 of rack 3. Finally, block C is stored in data node 11 of rack 3 and the copies can only be created in rack 2 or rack 1 depending on the network bandwidth that it would be required to push the data into either rack 2 or rack 1. Whichever is minimum, that rack will be selected using the rack awareness algorithm. So, for example, rack 1 stores the rest of the copies of block C in data node 2 and data node 4. Right? So, guys, are you clear now? Okay. Excellent question, Shubham. And Ryan says, wow, that's a very good idea to copy the blocks in different racks, very fault tolerant. Now, I'll address the question asked by Shubham, that is, why are we storing two blocks on the same rack? Now, that's a very good question. The question here is, as you can see, the very first copy of block 1 was created in data node 1 of rack 1. The next copy of block A was created in rack 2 data node 6. What Shubham is asking is, why are we creating the third copy of block A in the same rack that is rack 2 instead of creating in rack 3? The answer is, the chances of both the racks that is rack 1 and rack 2 failing at the same time are very less and hence instead of copying the third copy into a different rack, the same gets copied into rack 2 itself. Okay, it is because the bandwidth, the network bandwidth required to move a data from one data node present in a rack to a data node in the same rack is very less as compared to moving our data file from a data node which is present in one rack to a data node which is present in other. Right? There's no point in consuming extra bandwidth when it is not required. Are you clear guys? Good. Ashi says, what if we have more replicas? The same way the algorithm is going to work, that is 1, 2, 2 and so on. Okay, so you can actually do a, a POC on your end and you can try and create multiple racks and then increase the replication factor of a file, okay, of a block and then see how is the Hadoop cluster reacting to it. Okay, consider it as an example and let us know in the next session. Great, thank you. Moving on, we come to the architecture of HDFS, okay, more or less we have actually got a picture, we have understood that HDFS has got two main demons that is the name node and the data node, there is something called blocks, you understand what is a replication factor that happens on every block that is copied into the Hadoop cluster, now let us understand uh, an entire picture of Hadoop architecture or the HDFS architecture. Now, as you can see in the diagram, 
we have the name node as we already know which is the master daemon in the Hadoop architecture which stores the metadata of the, all the data nodes that are there in the cluster and the information of all the blocks that are there in each of these data nodes okay we have got racks rack 1 which has got three data nodes as per the diagram and rack 2 has got two data nodes as per the diagram okay there's a replication factor also applied to all these things that is it is trying to show that there's a copy of one block which is present in rack 1 and there's a, another copy present in rack 2 okay we understood this in rack awareness itself now a client is there which can actually read the data from the data nodes and there's another client which can actually write the data on these data nodes okay so essentially there are two mechanisms that goes in parallel that is the read mechanism that is again a request generated by a client and there's a write mechanism this is which is again generated as a request by a, a client itself okay that is a client wants to move the data into the data nodes or the Hadoop cluster okay the, this is more or less the general architecture of HDFS it's time that we move on and understand the read and write mechanism behind writing a file in HDFS or reading a file from HDFS right guys are you clear till now before we move ahead Ashish says yes guys if you have any question you can ask me right now any other question that you have in mind and you would like to ask me related to HDFS architecture or the components of Hadoop or the block size or the replication factor the replicas rack awareness anything Great, looks like I'm doing a good job then. Moving on. Okay. We come to the HDFS write mechanism. Guys, this is a very important concept and I would request you to pay extra attention here. Now, as I said, a client can raise a request to write a file or read a file. So right now we are talking about writing mechanism into the HDFS. So the step one is there's a write request generated for block A by the client to the name node. What the name node does is it sends the list of IP addresses where the client can actually write the block. Okay, that is block A. Now, this client connects to the switch and then finally sends a notification to data node 1, data node 4 and data node 6. Why these data nodes itself? It is because these are the data nodes that were sent by the name node. Name node specified you can write the data in data node 1, 4 and 6 and that is why client has connected to all these three data nodes at the same time. Now, in the very first step, client actually takes an acknowledgement from all these data nodes whether they are ready to perform the right operation on them or not. It is because it could be like a data node is executing a task and is not available as of now. So very first step is to take an acknowledgement if they are ready or not. As soon as they say they are ready, the write pipeline is created. Now the client, what it does, it sends the write request on data node 1, 4 and 6. The very first copy is created in data node 1, that is block A is created in data node 1. It's stored in data node 1 or you can say it is written in data node 1. Okay. The next copy is then created in data node 4 by data node 1 itself. As you can see the arrow, 
from course which first the copy is created in data node 1 I'll just take an highlighter as you can see the first copy gets created in data node 1 data node 1 now creates the second copy in data node 4 now it is not the client who is doing the job it is the data node who is actually creating the copy in data node 4 and then finally data node 4 is creating a copy on data node 6 that is the third copy of block A guys are you clear with this can you write on the chart window good so we have all the three copies created first one created by the client on data node 1 the second copy is created by data node 1 on data node 4 and then the final copy is created in data node 6 by data node 4 okay now once the third copy is created on data node 6 data node 6 sends back an acknowledgement back to the data node 4 data node 4 sends acknowledgement back to data node 1 and data node 1 sends the acknowledgement back to the client and finally the client sends a message of successful write back to the name node as acknowledgement and finally name node updates the metadata on its end that is it will store the information that the block A has been stored in data node 1, 4 and 6. Okay, so this is the entire write mechanism when we are talking about block A. Okay, and this happens sequentially that is the copies of the replicas gets created in a sequential fashion. Now, the, it gets a little complex when there are more than one blocks, right? Okay, so this diagram shows you when there are more than one block that is block A and block B. That it is going to follow the same process that is client is going to send a request to the name node. Name node will give a list of data nodes back to the client and then client will connect to the core switch. Okay, so when client connects to the core switch, what it will do is it is going to write the first copy of both the blocks in parallel. Okay, just try and understand this. When you see, if you can see 1A and 1B, that is the first step of copying block A and 1B is the first step of copying block B. 2A and 2B. Okay, sends a request to switch here and the other switch in rack 5. So rack 1 and rack 5. Now this switch connects to data node 1 and creates a copy of block A. At the same time, simultaneously, client is also creating a copy of block B in data node 7 right here okay so the very first copy of every block that is block A block B and even if there are more blocks that is block C and D the very first copy of every block will be created parallelly okay and not sequentially guys are you clear with this please write down on the chat window if you are clear Ryan Ryan says got it good okay so what happens is the first copy of every block is created in parallel so block A gets created in data node 1 and at the same time parallelly block B gets created in data node 7 of rack 5 now once the first copy is created the replicas gets created in a sequential fashion first we'll talk about block A as you can see now data node 1 is sequentially creating another copy of block A in data node 4 of rack 4 right here. Once this copy is created again after that sequentially 
another copy of block A gets created in data node 6 of the same rack. Okay? So I hope you guys are clear with this. Similarly, block B gets created in data node 9 of rack 5 and then sequentially this request is sent back to the another rack and another copy of block B is created in data node 3 of rack 1. Okay? So if you see, the first copy of every block gets created or gets written into HDFS parallelly whereas the replicas of those blocks gets created sequentially by their subsequent data nodes itself. Okay, looks like I have a question. Is it like blocks are written in parallel manner and replicas are created in sequential manner? Absolutely right Shubham and that is what I explained right now. Ryan and others, are you guys clear? as well. A quick confirmation will help. So Ashish says, so there will be two pipelines created. Absolutely right Ashish. What happens is, the first pipeline is for block A and the second pipeline is for block B. Similarly, the copies are created ahead in a sequential manner and then an acknowledgement system goes back to the client and then finally to the name node. Are you clear with this? Okay, great. Looks like Ashish and everyone is clear with the concept of the write mechanism. It is time we move on to the read mechanism which is relatively easier to understand. It is very simple. Guys, just try and understand this with me. So client is the one which makes all the requests just like write. It is going to request for a particular block from name node. Name node is going to send across the data nodes where these particular blocks are stored. Okay, as you can see in the diagram, client has requested for block A and B from the name node. Name node sends the addresses of DN1, that is data node 1 and data node 3 back to the client machine. Now this client machine will make a connection with the core switch and it is going to read block A from data node 1 and block B from data node 2. And this data that is read by the core switch is sent back to the client machine now client can utilize this data for whatever purpose it needs. Now, I have a question for you guys here. Okay, I have a question. Why did name node send across data node 1 and DN3 which was there in the same rack itself? Why didn't name node send the address of data node 1 and data node 7 which were there in different racks? Okay, Ashish says name node provides the IP of the data nodes which is closer to node which where the HDFS client is running. Okay. Ryan says to save network bandwidth and closest first. Absolutely right both of you. Okay. So the name node will ensure that client doesn't have to work a lot to get the data or read the data. Okay. It will ensure that the data nodes where the actual data is stored are very close enough and then the client doesn't have to consume a lot of network bandwidth to just read the data. Okay. This is a very crucial thing that is taken care by name node and it helps a lot. Finally, let's go ahead with certain HDFS or Hadoop commands that you can use over Hadoop distributed file system. So very first command is Hadoop version. So if you have a Hadoop cluster running, what version of Hadoop are you running on that cluster? You can use this command that is Hadoop version. Okay, and you'll get the version right there. Great. Let's move on see the next commands. So we have a command that is 
HDFS DFS hyphen LS backslash that is we are trying to get the list of the directories or the list of the files that are present in the root directory of Hadoop file system and the second command is to put a file into the Hadoop distributed file system okay then let's move on so we as I told you already so it's the same source all you can look for Hadoop tutorial you can look for HDFS tutorial you can look for Apache Hadoop HDFS architecture so these are good blocks written on Hadoop architecture altogether okay so guys please go through that this is going to certainly help you in understanding the concept better okay thank you very much guys have a nice day